It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 86 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. Well, we did solve the mystery of the dancing cursed crew member, and I hate to say it, But yeah, I pulled it up on the Blu-ray and on the TV as opposed to just looking at it on a miniature laptop monitor. And the dancing pirate is none other than a hopping legless pirate. Apparently one of Barbosa's men has lost his peg leg somewhere along the way. And now he's hopping on one leg while drawing his sword. So what you're telling me, basically, is you are making fun (laughs) of a handicapped man. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to say it like that. I was giving this guy who is missing a leg life by saying he's dancing as opposed to hopping. Maybe I shouldn't even say life because he has a life, obviously. I'm not saying that. See, I think, uh, oh, just wait a second. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I was giving him a happier time while on the. Actually, I think I'm just going to let all of that just slide before I get myself into some kind of weird trouble with language is not coming out right needless to say he's getting ready for the battle i'm imagining him smiling a little bit and he's hopping not necessarily dancing like i suggested but yeah he is missing his leg he doesn't have a peg leg and when you have no leg and no peg leg the way to get around you have to hey i said it was a tiny screen when i saw it it looked like that but throwing it up on the big one, I was like, right away, I looked at it and go, ooh, that's not good. <laughs> so now that that's definitely an error, and probably, I like I said, it's probably best Arr! I just, yeah, I just leave that alone for now. Except to say that Barbosa should get this guy a peg leg for crying out loud. Maybe he'll get it for Christmas. Get him some crutches or something. <laughs> I don't know. Man, that was pretty brutal. Now I feel bad. Wah, 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 for sure. <laughs> In the previous minute, a jealous Will Turner realizes that his want-to-be girlfriend has displayed an uncanny knowledge of nautical warfare strategies. Not to be outdone, he proposes, in minute 84, that they need to stand up and fight. But his bravado only lasts for so long, as Elizabeth, now back to the actual previous minute, gives the granddaddy of all checkmates with the let's go clubbing, club hauling, no, I meant clubbing, you know, dancing, like that pirate on the pearl dancing by himself like no one is watching? <laughs> oh, man, no. He's hopping. He's hopping. But alas, her clarification goes unanswered as the starboard anchor is dropped and the interceptor performs one hell of a stunt. Barbosa answering the dance-off sends the pearl hard to port to face off broadside. Minute 86 begins with the motley crew grabbing hooks to snag hold the black pearl. Ready in for an all-out epic sea battle, Captain Jack Sparrow peeks through the now-famous hole in the hull to see the Interceptor broadside. Will tells Gibbs to keep her steady, man. 
with a nod to Yin and Yang, Pintel and Rigetti, and Marty and Cotton present their best pirate yells and war faces. The minute ends with cannons blasting, muskets firing, men and women shouting, smoke billowing, and wood splintering. And thanks to the heathen Aztec gods, Jack finds Gibbs' flask in his cell thanks to a well-aimed cannon. I thought we could start things off with a little tongue-in-cheek action. The two ships are set for this kind of broadside cannon engagement, you know? They've pulled up kind of parallel next to each other. It's like About 10 feet parallel away from parking each other. in the ocean, yeah. <laughs> and they're slowly drifting past each other, and we see Pintel and Rigetti in one of the cannon ports. And they're given, like I just said in the intro, one of their best pirate war faces, you know, yelling at the other crew. And then from their point of view, we see Marty and Cotton doing exactly the same thing back at them. Of course, I couldn't just leave this as a fun bit of movie storytelling or entertainment, whatever we want to call it, as it plays off the light and dark elements, actually, that we've been talking about throughout the entire movie. It's this yin and the yang. Again, I mentioned this in the intro. All the same characters are just operating on different sides of the force. It's like us here. I'm a Jedi, and Heather has succumbed to the dark side. And unfortunately for her, I also possess the power of the dark side, so it's like I'm a really, really powerful person. Jedi. So you're Anakin? (laughs) Anakin. God! Depends what Anakin you're talking about. I'm talking Anakin. Are you talking Anakin? Not Darth Vader. I said, are you talking Anakin Anakin in like Return of the Jedi when his mask comes off and that stuff? No. How dare you? How dare you say that? Talking Anakin when he's, well, actually in all the three movies combined. How dare you say that? Obviously, I'm going to insert a walk the plank here. Walk the plank. But the one that said you no, have to I'm go more the powerf- dark. I'm more powerful than Emperor Palpatine, and Heather can't deny that she has actually seen lightning come from my fingertips. Thus, it must be true. I can deny that. No, you've seen it. Remember the sparks and stuff that are coming out of my hand? <laughs> yeah, you know it now. You remember. So I'm Emperor Palpatine. I have the Jedi Force lightning coming out of my hands. Oh, yes, but I could do it too. No, I didn't see you do it. <laughs> I didn't and see so you do it. so can the dogs. You, I didn't see any of that. All I saw was lightning coming from my hands. It was baby lightning, but it was still lightning. And it's true. It may have been static electricity in a blanket, but that was just the context of it. It was actually me wielding the power of the force and the dark side combined to make force lightning come out of my fingertips. Yes. Not. The payoff for the tongue-in-cheek does actually end with a fork-to-the-eye maneuver. And this is also, which is interesting, because the fork-to-the-eye maneuver is a lesser-known but equally effective nautical strategy when compared to club hall. So you could either perform the club hall, or you could do the fork-to-the-eye maneuver. They happen to do on the interceptor both. Two classic nautical ones, yeah. I believe it was Verbinski commenting that he said he wouldn't put it past Bruckheimer to give Rigetti a wooden eye just so he would be able to include this gag in the movie. (laughs) And that's definitely a long wait for the payoff for that tiny little scene, yeah. right? It's like, give them a wooden eye through the whole thing. Let's get all the contacts. You have to get all that stuff together. And then they're going to do one fork in the eye thing. Yeah. I always, every time I see that, when Intel pulls it out of his eye or pulls it out of the socket. Yeah. I always expect him to take a bite for some reason. I don't that's know disgusting. why. That's ah, disgusting. I know. I don't know why. I don't it would know turn to ash in his mouth, though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've seen this somewhere in another What are you thing. watching where people I don't are know, just chomping it's really down on weird. eyeballs? It's just... disgusting. <laughs> I don't know why I expect him. He's got the, the fork and the eyeball. 
And he kind of holds it up, and I just expect him to try to is take a bite Indiana out of it. Is it Indiana Jones thing, or is it a I don't know James Bond in Octopussy? I think maybe there have some of that eyeball I, thing going on. I don't know. So does Indiana Jones? I don't remember now. But you tell me I'm disgusting, and then you're naming off the movies that it's in. Or I was trying like to help that? you because I was trying to say that there's here's some movies that this actually may have happened, or at least there was eyeballs floating around. But I was trying to throw you a bone there so the audience didn't think that you had actually seen this somewhere, like in real life. No, I meant in a, a movie. Uh-huh. I said in a movie. Yeah. I don't mean to beat a dead pirate here because we're going to move on from Heather's eyeball eating. But I think we should... Both re-examine our arguments from a couple of episodes back as to who is really the captain of the Interceptor. I argued Gibbs would ascend to captain, and Heather asserted it was Anna Maria. I actually have a new hypothesis going on, because <laughs> I'm famous for the hypotheses here. My new hypothesis is that Elizabeth is the captain. Why? Because she's the one who yells the order to fire at the crew. Like, fire! She's the one who does that. Elizabeth is a strong woman, yes. Our heroine, of course. But I think she's commandeer control of the ship because no one else is stepping up to the plate and assuming the captain position. So she's just going to go ahead and do that. What about Will yelling now? Well, that's where I was going to go next because I also have in my notes. Then again, Will is telling Gibbs to keep her steady. What in the holy scurvy dog is going on here? Blast their bones! Who is captain of this ship? Where's Norrington? Where's Gillette when you need them? We need somebody with the freaking captain's hat on to tell me who's in charge of this ship. It's Anna Maria, but she's not good during battles. Are you battles. sure it's Anna Maria? I mean, either that or maybe no one is really captain and there's the Interceptor is just being run by committee. A Will Gibbs, Anna Maria, and Elizabeth free-for-all committee. What about Will? Oh. Yes, by the way, that was actually my second Star Wars reference for this episode so far. If you're keeping track committee? out there. Committee. It's not a committee. Yeah, it went over Heather's head. Don't you hate that? I'm used to it, actually. <laughs> but seriously, who's who's in charge here? I think it really is kind of a free-for-all, right? At this point in time, it kind of is because Anna Maria obviously doesn't know what she's doing in no. battle, you know. I do know. Thank you. You're welcome. So I think it's just kind of a free-for-all. That's what I'm going to have to go with. There's so much going on with that. I mean, Anna Maria is the captain, but she doesn't know what she's doing And I doing still here, haven't so conceded that she, she was. Needs... I thought Gibbs maybe was still the captain, but I don't know what's going I on. I can. I have people on my side with Anna Maria on the captain. You may have so... people on your side with that, but... And I said that this would swell your head. Why did you guys do that? <laughs> but now I don't know if you can claim that. I think that no, there's she's still all a captain. She just know. She just doesn't know this. She's a steersman. No. She's steering the no, boat. And not very captain. good because she missed the whole shoal. No, it, she weren't close enough. I said we're not going to rehash all those arguments. Look at they how heated this is. Because the the Black Pearl was getting close enough they could shoot. And so they couldn't keep going towards the shoals. Remember? I say, yeah, but I had the expert on my side who said that that was possible. The Interceptor was a lighter, faster ship. And they lightened that up. That could have yeah. sailed right over that and that... Deep keeled pearl would have just hung up on the reef there. Yeah, but that's that's what could happen in real life, not in the movie here. What are you saying skeleton pirates aren't real? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move along from that. I'm sure everybody's out there is tired of hearing that. Jack only has a brief appearance in this minute, 
nothing really much of value for what's happening. However, he does give us a clue of who he really cares about. Do you know who he Gibbs? cares about? No. Himself? I guess I could take that as an answer. It wasn't what I was looking for, but I guess I could take that as an answer. He hears and sees the cannons and muskets. The wooden hole is being blown apart oh, and immediately ship. says, stop shooting at Elizabeth. I mean, Will or Gibbs. No, stop blowing holes in my shit. <laughs> That's what it's about for him. It's the Black Pearl. Yeah. I think we can pretty much guarantee Jack's only concern is getting his ship back and to hell with anyone else or their safety at this point. Right? Yeah, I think he's a, I think it's, Jack's pretty much in it for himself. Yeah. It's a great character moment for sure, and we can only ask if this is really maybe setting us up for a transforming character arc at some point. Will he eventually do the unexpected? You know, minutes will tell, I guess, but it just seems, yeah, this is just another one of those, like, dropping the marble and, or voting, he is only in it for himself. That's just another marble in his hat, or another check on that box for him, caring only about the pearl and getting it back. Right. Because... He sees what's going on through the hole in the hole, or the hole in the hull. I said that backwards. And people are dying here. He just had a moment, a bonding moment, not too long ago on the docks with all these guys. He talked to the parrot. And now the parrot could be in peril. This is part of pirate life. That's true. The parrot could be in peril. And he does only cares about the pearl. The parrot can fly away. Where's it going to go? How far are they out there? Well, it can fly away from the cannons and stuff that are coming over plus it could just go over to fly on the black pearl that's true if it needs to exactly well there we go i think we have that solved then we'll also probably be doing some more talking about this epic sea battle i think in the next few minutes but i do want to say no this is it this is it oh yeah i'm sorry guys so i guess i'll just say my final words on this i appreciate the reality of the fighting here and i've seen movies that often skip the reality of this kind of warfare I'm not going to name names, but I think you know who you are, you box office bomb that rhymes with Mutt Throat Island, where the ships are broadside, the cannons are firing, blasting away, yet when you give it a good old look, the ships are not really being affected by the hurtling cannonballs. Just all smoke and explosions, no real damage. Here, we're seeing some damage at least. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that realism. Takes me back to the days of video games when you can shoot things and nothing would happen to the surroundings and the structures. Now, you got that. That's what I want. Those are the games I like. Well, like the race car game when you put no damage on your vehicle. No, like surroundings. Oh, surroundings. No cheating, though. Like when you shoot a building or blow a building up, it actually blows up. It just oh. doesn't absorb the blast. Oh, okay. This is what we're seeing here. Cannonballs and stuff. And we're seeing it actually, you know... Put holes in the ship or wood is splintering and all that. Not just where something looks pristine afterwards, after the fight, when they're only, yeah, could be measured in feet away from each other, blasting cannonballs at each other. So that's what I like. Well, hot dog. So in addition to the holes and the wood and all that and the explosion of smoke, we're actually just getting some good old clean pirate killing popcorn eating fun. Thank you, Mr. Bruckheimer. And that's what we want out of a pirate movie. Is it so much pirate killing? Yeah, there's pirate killings. They're kind of flying over the side. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, there are people getting shot, but it looks like maybe the ones that are getting shot are the cursed crew. Yeah. So they're flying, they're falling overboard, but are they really dying or they're just now in the water going, bring us back aboard? They're going to be floating out there, skeletons. Or the dangerous part, they float away. And they're just out in the ocean, 
as skeletons. And then at some point, maybe, hopefully, Barbosa ends the curse and they'll just be floating out there as a mortal. That's a bummer. Yeah. It kind of reminded me very much, it's very Disney-like. Really? With the utensils and stuff. Oh, well, of course. That, that sort of stuff. And then you see Pintel uh, and Rigetti after they take the fork to the eye. You see him after they're all... Like this and making these like mean faces. It's just, it just was well, very. It's the, it's the tongue in cheek aspect again. Yeah. It's the, this is a serious pirate movie, but it's also a fun swashbuckler, entertaining comedy element. Movie. Right. And then like you say people dying, but they weren't really, from what I could see, totally really dying. Yeah, they were well, falling the overboard. If it's and the, the cursed, cursed crew, crew, then yeah, I don't know if they're they're not dying if it's the cursed crew for sure. And I haven't seen anybody yet in this particular minute. Although I'm trying to think back now, did we see anybody die from the Motley crew on the Interceptor yet? That would be something to look for. Yeah. Do we see anybody die? I don't, pe- uh, yeah, I don't know. People will die or have died. You know, will die at least if we wanted to kind of break the format here. We're not breaking the format. <sighs> but I just this minute just seemed a little it you you can it just seemed to Disney to me. Possibly. You know, you know and I do you understand what I mean yeah, by that with the silver with the utensils yeah, I mean, yeah, sticking that in the fun element. Yeah, in the wood of the ship yeah. and it just seemed kind of Yeah, I mean you're not getting a bunch of than, blood and stuff. Right. I mean we're not talking master and commander here. Right. But yeah, so I mean, there is a Disney element to it, and yeah, you know, we're not necessarily seeing a bunch of blood yet. Yeah, and we'll have to keep an eye yet. out for that. I don't know. I'm just saying yet because that's uh, we're leaving because we don't know. We don't know. But there are pirates that have fallen overboard because they've been shot. They yes. are cursed crew, so they're not necessarily dying though. Right. So I just thought I, if, and especially with the faces that Pintel and Rigetti give yeah. out, you know, it just reminded me of a Disney movie. What Disney movie though? No, just in general. Okay. Something Disney characters would do, make a face like that. Shmee. Yes. (laughs) If you look really closely, I'm not sure if you noticed that. He was where the dancing pirate was before, or the hobbling pirate, if we want to call it that. In the very corner of the Black Pearl, besides Jack, is the carpenter of the ship. And he's crying a little, is about like thinking like all the repairs that are going to have to be done on this ship. Oh, I didn't notice that. Nah, I just made it up. How would I identify a carpenter? I have no clue. <laughs> he was whittling away on some wood or something. I don't know. You just took the word of somebody who called that poor pirate without a leg dancing. <laughs> and you took it for a carpenter. You Whatever. just got schooled on that. Whatever. The reality of things is a bit different most of the time, but not always. According to Benerson Little, not all chases at sea ended without a fight or without much of one. There were indeed bloody battles, great and small. Between pirates and pirate hunters, between pirates and the courageous merchant captains and crews, and even between pirates and treasure-bearing Spanish men of war. They were in the minority, but they were real, at times epic, and they are the true source of the myth of every pirate attack being a classic Hollywood-style sea battle to this day. However, even they were not usually fought, as we see on the big screen. So, I had to do a little checking in on this, and here's where it gets fun and interesting. And I think it's actually just as exciting as what we do see in Hollywood depictions of, you know, the two pirate ships kind of rolling up alongside each other and just blasting away. Yeah. So, in reality, at least 
we're, yeah, again, we're talking the majority of the time. There were other exceptions, but pirates really had two means of attacking a ship at sea. And that was pummel it from long range with great guns and muskets. Then when the prey's sails and rigging were shattered, and when many of its crew were dead or bleeding their lives away or were filled with splinters and lead and too injured to fight, the pirates would board the ship and finish the job. There we go. Number one. Some happy thoughts there for you. That's what you wanted to see? Non-Disney stuff there? Yeah. The second way to capture a ship that fought back was to close swiftly, keeping low to the deck to stay cool. Cool? It was yeah. hot out, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was hot out because they were in the Caribbean. But to stay undercover, firing muskets to suppress the enemy, then board and attack the enemy who had retreated to close quarters. A form of this siege warfare at sea is, is the idea of it. And we saw how this happened, even if you wanted to look at black sails, yeah. although that was also fiction, that they would kind of barricade themselves yeah. in, right? Yeah. So the pirates would then hack holes in the decks with boarding axes and iron crows. And toss fire pots and grenades in there to burn and choke the crew within, forcing them either to surrender or die one at a time as they tried to come forth from the hell created when gunpowder ignited in the confined space between the decks. Wow, that sounds pretty brutal. That it is. Since we do have more battle minutes to come, and hopefully Heather will let me talk a little bit more about that instead of just saying I can only have this few minute here or this minute here to discuss it. I'll end kind of the reality stuff right there and then maybe bring up some other cool facts next week. I just wish I could have ended the show with the idea of hell created when gunpowder ignited. That would have been (laughs) a great ending with the blood theme I like to do. But no, it's not over yet, folks. You just got to hang in there. (laughs) Quit looking at your watches. We're still going. I do have to mention something back in the brig with Jack Sparrow. That's actually maybe before we moved to really bad eggs. We do get some great detail. With the turtle shell? Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. It's the little things that just show up that give context to life on a ship or the time, which is great, this kind of time period. And by that, yeah, I'm talking about the turtle shell we see floating around Jack while he's in the brig there. Yeah. It seemed kind of small. I expected them bigger for some reason. They're hatched. I know. I just expected them to be bigger. The eggs back in the I don't know 17- why. I, th- I actually thought they were running around with these full-grown... Leatherback sea turtles. Leatherback? They couldn't carry leatherbacks. Have you seen those I was things? just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, they're carrying around like a thousand pound turtle. They're skeleton pirates. They can do that kind of stuff. Yep. You did bring to the show. Well, actually, you brought this show to a screeching halt is what I should say by talking <laughs> reality or brutality of sea turtles as food. You remember that yeah. brutal episode you b- yeah. brought to us? So now we actually get some evidence that our Caribbean yeah. pirates here are not necessarily concerned with sea turtle conservation. Should Actually, just hold on, everybody. I think I'm going to call PETA or World Wildlife <laughs> Fund for a second. No, the question I do have is I'm wondering if this shell is 10 years old. Or was it in the cell probably from the last time they had a prisoner and were just saying, hey, here's your food. What are your thoughts? Because why is it in there? We know the cursed crew don't eat unless they had a hankering for a mouthful of sea turtle ash. So what's it doing in there? They don't eat at all? Well, I don't know, actually. It turns to, oh, that's a good Just, Just point. it doesn't taste good, but they'd have to eat, you would think. That's a good he question. He just says they feel like they're starving all the time. That's a good question, yeah. That is a good question. So are they Because why would they get all that food if they don't eat? They don't need to eat. They're immortal though, right? Yeah, but... They don't need to yeah. eat. So if they eat, 
and they're still starving afterwards and they don't die, what's the point of eating? Right? Yeah. It's not like if they eat, it's going to make them full. Right. Or drink. It, it doesn't quench their thirst. It doesn't keep them hydrated because they're immortal anyways. It's not like it keeps them alive. It's not like they're mortal and the ash turns the food in their mouth and so then they have to still eat it. Then right? why bring all that food onto the pearl? Why deal with food? That's what I'm wondering. I was wondering that then. Why did they have it? We said it was for Elizabeth and they or just all the eat, stuff. She wouldn't even eat that much food anyway. I don't know. This is a good question. It's a question I do not have the answer to right now. thought you are the all-knowing. I am the all-knowing, but I Obviously don't have the not. answer to this particular question. This might be something that we'll have to take up on our Facebook listeners crew group because I don't know the answer to that. Why they would have food. Did they eat or did they feel like eating or did it, you know, because if it's still they're starving and they're thirsty, then it doesn't do anything and they're immortal. They don't have to eat. Right. So why did they bring all that fresh food on board that they served Elizabeth unless it was for her benefit? I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I don't have an answer yes. to that. Stumped him again. But I don't know if there was a, how many other prisoners they had because it was in the cell Maybe they haven't had anybody in there for a while, or if they did, then they would just threw that in there for that person. Right. There you go. I don't know. Yeah. Or like you said, maybe because most ships at the time period didn't have brigs or cells uh-huh. in there. They stored their animals. Yeah, they were in storing there. animals in there, sea turtles and things like that, yeah. just because they didn't they had that space and there was nobody in there. So that's just where they were kind of doing the butchering and exactly. all that stuff. It's possible. So yeah, now now we have a bigger question about the eating and why they had food on board. I don't know. And it all came about from a sea turtle. Exactly. So there we go on that. Now that we have that question, do you have anything else before we move on to really bad eggs? So Marty must not like the sound of gunfire. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's crouched down with his hands over his ears. Wouldn't you though? Oh yeah. I just yeah. thought it was uh, interesting. Those things have got to be loud standing right there. Oh yeah. They have to be. I don't care and if you're he, behind he, the muzzle or he's not. He's even at that height that he's like lined up right See, with maybe it. maybe that's why he's doing it. Yeah. I don't know. That's That's got to be pretty. And plus all those other cannons right there, all the cannons that are coming through and the blasts are not that far. I think he's the smart one covering his ears for yeah. sure. And then Jack picks up Gibbs' rum bottle for him. The flask? The rum flask. Yeah. 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 He checks it for to see if there's any rum left in it, but then he... Oh, he checks for it all right. He's hoping there's some <laughs> rum in there. Oh, we don't get that far yet. He just grabs, uh, he grabs it. it. See, what are you doing? You're going ahead. I forgot. Why are you skipping to Monday? I Fr- accidentally went over that fraction of a second. Oh, see, there you go. You shouldn't have done that. Oh, those are your contributions to the show is rum flask and Marty covering his ears, then we will just move on to our favorite quotes from the week. With that, it's time for Really Bad Eggs, where we pick our favorite lines from the last five minutes. So what do you have for us? Apparently, there's a leak. <laughs> that was from Jack when he came to the brig, right? Yeah, all the water. Yeah, that's a to Bosun, and Bosun just kind of totally ignored him and just like Jack cares about his his ship, and there's a leak in there. Nobody's taking care of his ship. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, no, he's they've had it. Nobody's taking care of it. There's a leak. Nobody's doing anything about it. I'm wondering what Dead Men Tell No Tales, if we're going to get a peek at the Black Pearl, a really good look at it from when he first captained it, if it's going to look all nice and pristine and spectacular. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do know that there was some issues with that. And I don't know actually if we know it now, so maybe we won't get into it. 
I think that comes in the second movie, actually, Dead Man's Chest. So I guess I'll just leave that alone for now. Okay. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see it all pristine and looking all pretty. And yeah. that's maybe where Jack wants to take it again. Because yep. he probably sees the pearl with rose-colored glasses on. Well, yeah. and Well, he's looking at this at the pearl that he's finally back on after 10 years. And he's going, what did you guys do to my ship? You know, exactly. That's a good. There's point. a hole that it, he can see out of. Yeah. What did it look like it's when leaking. he handed it off? Not just dead men tell no tales. You know, when we see that there's a young Jack Sparrow, but what did it look like ten years ago when right. it was taken away? So that's a good point. He didn't hand it off. It was taken away. Well, yeah. Mutiny. <laughs> I'm going with Barbosa's line. They're club hauling, and I wish I could say I chose it for the patriotic and heroic overtones. The whole idea that the enemy, the bully. Or the dark side, we want to call it that, Heather, realizes that the underdogs are not going to run any longer, but are about to stand their ground and fight. They're going to attempt to put an end to this no matter the outcome, as it's preferable to being on the run. But no, I chose it for the simple reason that I just love the term and the way Barbosa says it. <laughs> They're club hauling. <laughs> and he doesn't even say it like that. I just, I don't know. I just really like it. <laughs> It's just pure fun for me. I don't know. I got to get a shirt that you says You just that like or the term. I do. I really am. I'm like infatuated with it. <laughs> it's just so awesome. <laughs> so that's all I got. That's kind of funny. We both picked short phrases for the week. I think we were ready to get the hell out of here because it's Friday. <laughs> that was really the thing. It's like, oh Maybe. no, what is the shortest line I could have that has no real symbolism? It was a hard week for that though. Yeah, there wasn't much of great lines except no. the obvious club hauling. Because that is a great line. But other than that, it wasn't. there wasn't a, a lot line. of fodder for that. Apparently, there's a leak. <laughs> I think it's time we get out of here. <laughs> okay. We'll be back on Monday with Minute 87 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. It's Friday. Get some grog. Everybody's got to get some grog. Heather, no surprise to find you in the tavern with a tankard full of rum in your hand. What was that for? You said you were going to meet me at the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group hours ago. I was? Mother's love! Why'd you slap me again? That's for not reminding people how to contact us. Get to it, you filthy bilge rat! Man, I obviously get no respect around here. Arr! So, Scallywags, thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. It's that easy.